the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Whether it's the self-driving cars getting into some accidents. Uh-oh. Keep in mind, in the 1970s, people freaked out over mandatory seatbelt laws. And one of my favorite things about the show Mad Men was when they would show Don Draper driving. They don't do it all that often, but on occasion. And you just see things like, uh, first and foremost, living in a world without cell phones is awesome. But he's driving and, you know, the front seat's a couch. And there's no seatbelts, and, you know, his woman's sitting right next to him, and <clears throat> he's got his arm draped over her while he's also holding a, you know, gin and tonic on the rocks kind of thing. Just, are you kidding? Like, what a world. I might have just shown that I don't know much about alcohol when I mentioned gin and tonic on the rocks, because I don't know if it's on the rocks or not on the rocks. And But uh, I do like the throwbacks. Birth rates and unemployment rates are closely related. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. That confuses me. But uh, as the employment has picked up, babies are being born. And that's good for the economy. Fitbit, their IPO, is stepping up to the plate. Uh, financially speaking, it's a pretty, pretty healthy company. The company has profits of about $48 million. It's refreshing uh, because it's a profit. It's also up 440% from the same year ago period. Will Fitbit be put out of business by Apple? and the iWatch, and all the sensors that they're putting into it. I doubt it, but will it be as strong of a company? Definitely not as strong. Let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can hear his show Monday through Fridays here on KDOW from 1 to 2 p.m., new focus on wealth. Mr. Burton, let's talk about Roth conversions. What is a Roth conversion, and why should I care? Uh, Roth conversion is when you say, okay, I've got an... IRA okay. or 401k, and I want to pay the taxes now and put it into a Roth IRA so it grows tax-free for the rest of my life. And it's an account that you can access. As long as it's been five years and you're over age 59 and a half, you can access it tax-free. All of the growth 
contributions, everything for the rest of your life. Now, who would want to do a Roth? Who would want to pay taxes now? Well, people that are that are in lower than average tax bracket. So it's a lot easier to, to have this conversation when you're in states like Washington where there's no state income tax. Okay. But in California, you have to deal with state income tax and federal tax. So if you have an account, you have an IRA, you're like, hey, you know what? I'm at – I'm going to be at a low tax bracket. Like I've had – one time I had an engineer from Intel take an 18-month sabbatical. They just needed some time off. They're taking a sabbatical. It's something they allowed him to do. So very low tax bracket because he was living off cash while he was off vacationing and doing some things he wanted to do. And so we were able to convert a large amount of his IRA over a couple of years at a very low bracket, a lower bracket than he'll ever be, um, and pay the taxes now. But the key is is he had cash outside of the accounts to pay okay. the taxes. That's the other reason why this is the only time it makes sense is when you have cash outside of the account to pay the taxes. You have to have cash on hand and be at a lower bracket. And where this comes in as well is that high-income workers, they, they end up, if they have diversified assets, in other words, they have cash, they have brokerage accounts, and they have pre-tax accounts in 401ks, between the ages of 65 and 70 and a half, you can enjoy a very low tax bracket. But by 70 and a half, you're forced to pull money out of your IRAs and 401ks, even if you don't want to, and your tax bracket starts to go up. So there's a sweet spot at retirement where for that five-year period, if you do your calculations right, you can convert. You say, okay, I'm always going to be at a 25% bracket at once I hit 70 and a half. So I might as well convert enough of my IRA each year to max out that existing marginal bracket. So boom, by age 70 and a half, not only do my required minimum distributions go way down because I've converted large chunks of my IRA, but now I have this big tax-free account that I can draw on for the rest of my life. And another benefit of a Roth is that you can you don't have to draw on it at any point in time. or right. So you, can, you, don't, you can't keep funding it. Right. But you don't have to draw on it. So yeah, there's no IRA funding after age 70 and a half. It's not allowed. But let's say you're grandma, right? Yeah. And you're realizing you're looking at your grandkids and you're sitting there with your pension from IBM, Lockheed Martin, something like that. And you're looking at your grandkids and saying, you know, they're going to have issues getting health care. Okay. They're going to have no pensions. Social Security is probably not going to be around for them. I want to leave them some sort of a legacy. Well, if grandma's got you know this great big IRA that she just doesn't even need, she's just taking her minimum required distributions and doesn't even want that because she's saved enough or has a pension, she could convert that large IRA to a Roth IRA. Really? And when she does that, she doesn't have to take required minimum distributions anymore. She could leave child, grandchild is the beneficiary, and when she passes, that child can roll that IRA account, that Roth IRA, into an inherited Roth IRA and have a tax-free account for the rest of their lives. It's one of the best assets you could leave somebody as a Roth IRA. Nice. And so the, the, that grandchild would just take a little bit out each year based on their life expectancy. They could take out more if they wanted to, and you know, it's a great – you can call it grandma's pension to the grandchild. <laughs> Grandma's pension, the grandchild. Yep, that's right. That's kind of interesting. It's it's not going to be marketed by Fidelity that way. I get the feeling. <laughs> no, it's not. You know, that's we, we're running out of time. But that's something that I want people to realize that like five twenty nine plans, they're they're accounts that are marketed. Um, it's something to think about. It's like just think about money a little bit differently. Always question: Do you really need this, or did I just see a commercial for this? That's for Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com.
With its lower overhead relative to typical brick-and-mortar rivals, Amazon has long enjoyed a reputation as a price leader. But there's a buzzy new e-commerce startup called Jet.com, which hasn't officially launched, hoping to upend the pricing model with an array of discounts on everyday merchandise, including shorter shopping distances and large orders. By one indication, it appears to me that Jet seems to be trying to undercut Amazon right out of the gate. Jet's prices for items ranging from a Cuisinart coffee maker to gain laundry detergent are lower than Amazon's 94% of the time. It's worth caution that Jet has yet to open the public. It's currently in a beta testing phase with select partners and a limited group of consumers. A lot of changes happen into retail and commerce. Uh, whether it be, hey, let's get an Uber driver to bring me my groceries, or hey, let's think about drones. Hate the idea of drones delivering goods. <clears throat> Love the idea as I've got a pretty good lifestyle. I'll be able to afford it. I hate the idea as yet again here are jobs going out the door. Um, Amazon came out with a patent that we saw filed where the drones may communicate weather conditions to each other, automatically take the safest possible route and deliver to wherever the customer currently is based on their smartphone GPS data. Something that spooks me. Starbucks is going to stop bottling water from a California spring. Good move, Starbucks. Uh, their ethos bottle water it was uh, comes from a spring that gets some of their water from the Sierra Nevadas and probably just a good PR move by Starbucks. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, a Picasso piece, Le Femme de Alger. Uh, it's going to go on sale. It's going to pull in $140 million. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. I'm Rob Black. And my boys trip me up with their heads again, loving them. Everything's cool when we're all in line for the throne. But I know it's not forever. Maybe be the class clown. I'll be the beauty queen. I'm Rob Black. Money, 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 money. It's the goal of the show is to get you better at it, not to get you to become a trading wizard. Hey, I'm like looking to make an app, and I could use some feedback. Would you want to use an app that ties together my radio and my television? That ties together some like uh, my best of radio shows or best of radio segments, where I talk about like top 10 things you should do in your 20s. It kind of has an archive to some of the broader topics, so to speak, but still has some access to daily market commentary. I'm not looking to charge for the app. I'm just looking to see if you would actually use the app. Uh, maybe you can get free tickets by using the app to any of my seminars and events kind of thing. 
Um, let me know. Um, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Rob at robblack.com if you want to give me some feedback on that. One of the areas that's toughest for me to communicate to you is greed and fear. I tend to find that people get greedy, and that's miserable. Now, in the last six years, the market's gotten nothing but up. And maybe you didn't get the market up 33%, so you're like, hey, I, I, but I still did okay. I'm not going to pay someone for help. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes you can make is thinking that you're smart because the market's up. You're being a little on the greedy side. Um, there's people like CFP Chad Burton who do this for a living and only do this, and they're not, you know, taking care of kids on the side and you know juggling 18 balls. And their focus, their job is the markets and retirement issues. The other issue. It's opposite of hiring someone because you're kind of on the greedy side and think you'd do it yourself. Is the greedy side of IPOs. Again, there's a big difference between being smart and just being lucky. One of the biggest companies in the world came public, a company called Alibaba, and it's been kind of a wild ride for us. I'm not saying you should never buy IPOs. I'm saying you should study some IPO action and be honest. Do I wish I would have gone whole in on Facebook at 40 when it came public? No. Even though it's at 80 now? No. I bought when it dipped to the 20s. I'm good with that. Chinese e-commerce company Alibaba was kind of like the next Facebook. Probably better to say the next Amazon, but you get the point. Um, had you invested in Alibaba the first day that it came public, you're down roughly 8%. Had you invested in the S&P 500, 500 companies spread out, how can you win? Because you get the average, not the, you know, the hot one. You'd be up 3.4% plus 2% dividends. So one down 8%, one up roughly 5.5%. Now, I could give you that story and you're like, okay, I get it. I just have to be more selective. Hottest IPO over the past year was a company called, can you guess it? It's called Biotech Radius Health, up 357% from the first day closing price. Now, who's the next Radius Health? I don't know. Sometimes it's deals that fly under the notice of investors that do the best. One of the best ways to participate in a positive IPO market is simply to own them all. There have been 200 IPOs over the past year. On average, they've gained 9.9%. Option investing in IPOs is not something that makes a lot of sense to people. But again, if you're going to diversify it and not invest in one, but invest in the theme of companies coming in public, there is a stock with the ticker symbol IPO. It's actually not a stock. It's an exchange-traded fund. It's worth looking at if that's what you want to do. I'm not saying that's something you should do. I'm saying if that's something that you can't say no to. Some people can't say no to chocolate. I find it hilarious. I'll, I'll be with someone and they'll be like, um, do you want a piece of chocolate? I'm like, no, I'm okay. And they're like, really? Yeah, I'm okay. I don't have to have it. Totally good about it, actually. 
to make a point. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. OPEC's calling for oil to stay below $100 a barrel for the next decade. I don't believe that. Um, I think it's too tough to predict the next decade. Uh, OPEC has refused to cut its output following a 60% crash in oil prices that began in June. The draft report seen by the newspaper, the Wall Street Journal, recommended that OPEC reintroduce the quota system it largely abandoned in 2011, which limited how much oil each member country could produce. Fox is calling an end to American Idol. I'm not saying that's the greatest day ever, but yeah, I'm kind of with that. If that makes any sense. Uh, I never got into the whole American Idol craze. I've got a friend who's actually a pretty nice guy, but he has to be the dumbest man in the world from what he watches on TV. And uh, him and his wife would watch every season, every episode. So say goodbye to Simon Cowell, Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood. The show created some legends and now is letting them go out the door. I think the biggest loser here has to be Ryan Seacrest. What a cushy, easy job, huh? Jennifer Lopez, Keith Urban, and Harry Connick Jr. sitting around with a big Coca-Cola in front of them. Don't have to see their faces anymore. We learned that self-driving cars are getting deemed. Uh, they're not totally accident-free. Two accidents happened while the cars were in control. Two others, um, the person was behind the wheel. So we've got four cars out of the 50 self-driving cars that have been in some sort of dingers. A uh, person with believable information, although not quoted, um, said that all the accidents were under 10 miles an hour. So three of the four cars belong to Google. Um, any accident that these self-driving cars gets into, they have to tell the Department of Motor Vehicles. Um, speeds of less than 10 miles per hour. If you look at the how many car accidents there are at speeds of less than 10 miles per hour, it's going to be relatively small. So the sampling is, it, it makes the self-driving cars look bad. But also, I've been into dings where, you know, someone rear-ended me and someone cut me off um, in the last 10 years that I didn't report because... If it's going to be like a no-fault accident or if it's going to be a situation where the deductible's too high, what's the point? I don't have to have a beautiful car. Beautiful women? Yeah, that's nice. Beautiful car? Not so much. Um, and people younger than me, they're okay with not having a beautiful house. Ramifications on demographics are fascinating. I'm Rob Buck.
something that I hated about doing this show is, uh, I, I guess it's something along the lines of, I'm now that old person. So I was reading through some research, and I saw that Google introduced uh, a service. You know, Yelp is putting themselves up for sale, right, in theory. And Google basically introduced a service around the same time that, you know, Yelp is putting them up for sale that basically kind of, like, to me, is, is kind of inflammatory. Why would I buy Yelp after I know this? Google unveiled a system for ordering food from nearby restaurants from its search results. Users searching for a restaurant on their phones now see an option place an order. Tapping on that link displays up to six online delivery services. Seamless, Grubhub, Eat24, Delivery.com, Beyond Menu, and MyPizza.com. Google's looking to add more partners. Google is a company that offers services. It's trying to get into the mobile age correctly. Emphasizing transactions where Google gets a cut of the revenue, relies less on the click-based ads. Rather than show users links that take them elsewhere, Google wants you to do the transaction right here, right now, go, 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 go. They're changing the way they deliver Google search results to minimize opportunities to leave while moving more in, of the content into a transactional environments. Um, Google's done similar integrations with restaurant booking companies like OpenTable. Um, Yelp offers booking and ordering services with some of the companies working with Google, i.e. Delivery.com and Eat24. Um, it's fascinating. So if I were to try to put a price tag on Yelp, I would certainly ask for a discount of versus a premium or less of a premium. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Let's bring in Tony Mendez to talk a little real estate. Joining me now. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's my lender. He's done a couple loans for me in the past few years. I bring that up because I trust him. I bring that up because I think you can trust him. He does a great job of packaging scenarios for you and showing you your options. Whether I definitely don't want a seven-year one arm, I want a 30-year, he'll show you the 30, the 15, and the 7-1 because that's his job, to show you your options. Um, one of the things that I was surprised about the 2013 government shutdown was some of the stories that came along that said getting a, a mortgage is going to be tougher because the IRS is shut down. Getting a mortgage is going to be tougher because um, we verify wages as well, um, we being the mortgage industry. Mm -hmm. um, that's a little bit – I think people don't – they're not prepared with how much paperwork there is yeah. and how much – Different, how many different sources you have to go to. So I think it's incredibly rude for someone to shop a lender because once they shop, you start doing this process where you're calling 20 to 30 different people on their behalf. And, and it's not just the amount of paperwork that you have to go through to actually get the appropriate quote. It's the amount of work that we have to do on the uh, ECOA, for example. They, they make us put out these disclosures every time. If I give you a quote, I have to give you a disclosure. So, yeah, it's a lot more difficult uh, there was a Mortgage Bankers Association, they do this uh, rating on how difficult it is to get a mortgage, and it indexes at 101, approximately. They uh, they estimated that back in 2006, 2007, at the peak of the real estate market back then, uh, it would have been at 800. So that's how much harder it's gotten, higher number being easier. And it's only it's, it's going down. So we're going to see a lot more difficult guidelines come up. We have lenders that are implementing this year already some of the qualified mortgage rules that are coming up in 2014 January, which we expect to be fully implemented by then. 
and expected for lenders to follow these rules. Um, but yeah, during the 2013 shutdown, it was it was it made it even more difficult. We had this thing called a 4506 uh, IRS transcript request that got delayed. Um, and but Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, they said, okay, we'll 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 ease the guidelines and say, okay, just give us tax returns. We'll be okay with that. Um, but it did become a more difficult, and this is just the theme that we're going to see throughout 2014 and beyond. It's pretty; they're similar standards to what they were before 2000. The 2000s was a different era, Rob. It was a very strange era. We're let going me back to the norm. Let me put that in perspective. 2000s, you can get $600,000 by basically initialing two pieces of paper. Liar loans. At that point in time, the lender would say, "Okay, I'm going to go start filling out numbers." You know how they did liar loans, right? No, tell me. Um, so you give them your type of work, and they would go to this website, and it would have this graph. It says if you've been in it this long, you get paid this much, and then it goes like that, and they pick the highest number, and they use that as your income. Okay. So it's a stated income loan. Was it ever so egregious? Like liar loans were good for like football players who they don't care; they just want to get the money. Um, did you ever get things like people like me saying, "Yeah, Tony, I, I, I pitch for the, the San Francisco Giants"? Did you ever get liars like that? Or was it more no, inf- it, it, inflationary what, what on you, your end? What you typically saw, and this is where subprime really came into a um, – dug people into a hole, was they would literally make up jobs for people. Did I show you the email I got the other day? from It was a business card that, that people are still handing out. It says, we will make up a W-2 for you and verify the job. So it was essentially like that. They were, make, they were making up jobs. They were just doing what they call ver- uh, verbal verifications. So you could give – the lender a phone number for your buddy, they would call that and the guy go, oh yeah, this guy does a lawn care for me. He's been doing it for three years. Boom. There's your income. Yeah. Um, and those are liar loans. Those are stated income loans. And it was very, very, very skeptical. I mean, it just, it, it just made so many more people qualify for home loans. It drove home prices up. It was the first thing that I saw when I came to California is that why would, why would people get teaser? Not only that, you could get teaser loans that start 1%, NEGAM loans, and you could go up to 100% financing. It was crazy. Okay, so how do you prepare somebody? Because I freak out every time I do a loan. Um, I whenever I buy a house, I pay someone to sign for me. Like I, I yeah, you know, I, I give them credit because I don't like going through all that paperwork. Quite honestly, it's the toughest part of my job is to is to hide people from the the red tape that they have to go through. It's becoming harder and harder and harder. Now I know I want to say that I'm the best. I get loans done. You know, everybody's heard my commercial, but it's you know. It, I get loans I get, done. I get loans done. Uh, you know, and it's getting harder. It's, actually, it's I get loans done, but it's harder to keep people from seeing, like, the lender asking for multiple types of transactions, you know, deposits now. If you have a deposit at an ATM, they want that check. Oh, I know. That happened to me. They want that check. Um, I deposit large amounts, if, and when I was doing a refi, they're like, why were you depositing $6,000? Um, and I had to go, like, I, I don't remember. And that came up with Dodd-Frank. There's a lot of um, anti-money uh, laundering rules that came up as well, and that, that is now forcing lenders to look at things like that. So the overregulation that we had as a result from the, um, the real estate crash is really making it tough on people now. So be prepared. If you do a refi, if you buy a home, it's going to take some time. Know that the lender is working their butts off for you. I get calls from Tony on occasion where he's just frustrated that a loan's not getting funded yet because he needs one more thing. So it's going to be it's a freaky experience for me, for you, for everyone. That's Tony Mendez. You can find him online at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Yeah. Self-driving cars getting deemed in California, but not accident-free for the nearly 50 self-driving cars. 
have gotten into accidents. Now, they've been accidents under 10 miles an hour. Um, that's worthy of note. And how many accidents are reported above 10 miles or below 10 miles an hour versus not? Eh, I'm not freaked out by this. You know, three accidents in 140,000 miles. Okay, I'm a little freaked out by that. But then I think about, I've got a car with roughly that mileage on it. And it's been involved in more than three. Uh, one of them was near fatal. Uh, not a 10 mile per hour ding. So I don't know about you, your car that you've had for 140,000 miles, how many accidents were, you know, backing into a wall, you know, parking in San Francisco where you got these um, cement columns. Um, I've hit a cement column before thinking I had enough space. I didn't. Facebook has tested its own search engine, which will allow users to find and post links to articles without venturing anywhere near Google. Now, earlier in the segment, I talked about how Google's going to kind of mess with Yelp and try to get you to do a purchase from your food search on your phone, your mobile phone. Um, it goes around, comes around, right? The new feature is part of Facebook's plan to keep Internet users within their own ecosystem, stopping them from ending their mobile browsing session because of the awkward experience of finding, copying, and pasting a link from Google. Some of Apple's iOS mobile systems in the US can now click on a new add a link button. I was using Apple the other day and uh, on the browser on my phone. Something that I was looking to buy came up and it says, do you want do you Apple Pay? I'm like, I didn't even know that I could do that. Like, that's the first time that through a browsing experience, I got pushed a purchase decision. I don't know if I'm making sense on that. So I own shares of Apple, by the way. I should disclose that at least once a week, if not more. Some users of Apple's iOS mobile system in the US can now click on a new add a link button, which allows them to search for the link they want to share from within Facebook's app. The keyword search sorts results by the likelihood that they've you know, being shared, prioritizing newer or highly shared articles. Facebook told TechCrunch it had indexed more than one trillion posts to find out which posts were being shared and which of them, which had been shared with others. Um, so Facebook, they want to dominate, and I think they're in the position of dominating. I own shares of Facebook, and I'm not going to let them go anytime soon. Um, I don't like Facebook, but I own shares of Facebook. I don't like Philip Morris. But I own shares of Philip Morris. If that makes any sense to you at all, I own shares of Apple. I like Apple. But are they an evil company? Whew. Getting people to spend so much money on a phone when they should be putting money in their retirement account, I can, I can find negatives. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Taking a look at some of the top stories today, the S&P 500 flirting with range top resistance. Not getting above it. <clears throat> I don't do a lot of technicals. You'll hear people talk about the technicals in the market. The market's telling us this. The numbers are saying that. I've never met anyone who turned a small amount of money into a large amount of money. I never found anyone who beat the market on a regular basis using technicals. I think it's a lot of BS. But there are some things you could look at and say, okay, let's take a look at, let's pick a horrible company. Or let's pick a company that we all understand. Nike. Nike's a company that's publicly traded, and it has been for a long period of time. So you can now look at it and punch in a chart and look at the technicals. How did it do at the start of the year? The last couple of years, the market's struggled at the start. Then you could say, how did it do since the last recession? Because our economy is expanding, has been for six years. Um, it's gone up. So in good times, it's gone from 34 bucks a share to 103 bucks a share. That's pretty good. I'd take that. If you've listened to the show for 17 or 18 years, I've been talking about Nike nonstop. How did it do during a recession? It went sideways. How did it do when the stock market got hit really, really bad in 2000? Um, it went up for two years. So some recessions, it goes sideways. Some and then when the market hit growth again in 2002, it went up for the next six years appreciably, um, up to 34 bucks from 10. So it doesn't always go up, and its chart is crazy. But you could see, like, how did it do on 9-11? Um, it got hit, you know, from... September of that year, you're talking about a company that was at roughly 11 bucks. Next couple of months, you know, it stayed in that range. Um, ultimately, finding a base went from like 11 to 14 down to 11. So we kind of knew like 11 was its worst case scenario. And if it hits it a couple times, you could say, well, that's probably going to be a bottom. People don't want to sell it for less than that. Now, when a market can do the same thing. If the stock market has problems getting above, let's say, 2150, and you see that once, twice, three, four, five times, you're like, okay, I can't get above it. But how low does it go? It doesn't really fall below 1925. You're like, okay, I got it. It's putting in a floor. So people don't want to sell it below that. People don't want to buy it above 2150. And you kind of see how it works. It's not perfect science, but it's science nonetheless. Let's go to Greg and Belmont. Greg, how are you? Good morning, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, um, I'm a little nervous about retirement. I'm, a, I'm a just just under 50, only have about you know, about 170-ish or so in 401ks. Is there any hope for me? Is there any, you know, like a Chad Burton-type person can help me out, is, you know, or is it too late for me? Um, you typically aren't going to get a lot of um, benefit from a full-time CFP, but Chad's got a website called My First 250K, which it does help you set up diversification in portfolio and does set, help you set up um, a portfolio that doesn't get crushed in a down market. 
that's your big fear now because you're starting to run out of time on a market decline. Um, how much are you able to save a year? Uh, I, I almost fully fund my 401k up to the limits. I'm just a few thousand under the, the legal limits so that I can do in a 401k. Okay. I would try to get more into the 401k. Um, uh-huh. I would start with budget, figure out what you can cut back on. Uh-huh. Um, what's your income? I'm in the, the, the mid ones. So. Okay, so can I say 150? Yeah, a little bit mm-hmm. under, yeah. Um, do you have a spouse? Yeah, and kids. Okay. Kids in college. Do you have college costs? Okay. Yeah, college costs, one already in and a couple coming up, so. Okay. Realistically, you're probably not going to get to, you want to get to 10 times your salary, which would be $1.7 million, mm-hmm. roughly. Realistically, you're not going to turn 170 k into that. Realistically, the market will take it to 340 k maybe 600 k by the time you retire in 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, do you own a house? No. Okay. Um, so you're definitely thinking when you do retire, you're not going to be in the Bay Area. Oh, no, we'll have to get um, out. We'll definitely have to. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're going to, you can start playing with that number of 600 K. Um, what does that get you with where that's, you know, roughly you can live off 4% of that a year. Um, so doing the math, you know, it's not a lot of money. No. Um, you know, a million dollars kicks in about $40,000 a year. So 50, um, 600 is going to pull in, you know, significantly less, um, 25,000 plus social security. So you got to start thinking that's your budget and start playing with that a little bit and try to save as much as you can and maybe even work a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but realistically, I'm, I'm you're not going to get to. It's 68, 70, you know, so. Okay. Stay in good health. Um, yeah, that's right. my final piece of advice. And uh, Chad's website is myfirst250k.com if you want it to get some diversified portfolio action going. Okay. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for the call. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll be back tomorrow new episode new time not new time same time (laughs) i'll be back tomorrow i'll talk to you then good day Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.